Welcome to the Movie Psychics with your hosts, Jeff and Charlotte. Think you can know a movie by its cover? You probably can't, but these two highly gifted mediums can. They will select a film they've never seen before and divine plot points and scenes by simply looking at the cover art. They will amaze and astound with their accuracy. They will shock and surprise with their insight. And it is because the movie psychics know. Clubland. 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 Everybody in the club. Hey, Charlotte. Hey, Jeff. We're heading over to the Clubland. Let's go to Clubland. <laughs> Clubland. Clubland. Do you think everyone there has like club feet? <laughs> oh, God. It's Clubfootland. So the movie we have today is Clubland. Every dream has its price. And there was a whole bunch of names at the top of this one. And there's a whole bunch of pictures. Yeah, there's four pictures with five people in it. And there are three, six, eight names at the top. We've got Alexis Arquette, Jimmy Tuckett, Brad Hunt, Heather Stevens, Rodney Eastman, Lori Petty, Terrence Trent D'Arby. I think that's like three names there. And Steven Tyler. So do you think Alex, like uh, Alexis Arquette, do you think she's related to Patricia Arquette at all? I think I'm going to describe the cover, you know. And what about Lori Petty? Is that Tom Petty's daughter? There's a guy in one of the pictures, his hair is like spikes from Buffy and the Vampire. Buffy and the Vampire Slayer? What the frig? Buffy, Buffy and the, the Vampire Slayer. She's the Vampire Slayer. The but Adventures guy, of like, Buffy his hair and the Vampire Slayer. Is bleached. It's and bleached spiked. and spiked out. So this is a club goer, I'm he, assuming. From the 90s, for sure. There's someone singing into a microphone, a lady with the Bjork hair, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, a little Bjork hair. And then creepy Steven You know, with Tyler. the tiny buns on it and Steven no, Tyler's. It, it just looks messy. Steven Tyler's standing behind her with his cool dude shades on. He looks very, like, stern. Is looking, like, over her shoulder at her very sternly. Like, you're not singing it right. Like he's angry. Get the hell out of my club. You come to Steven's club, you're going to sing it right. You don't sing it right, you get the hell out. I don't there think is he, a door. I don't think he has a, an Italian accent. I don't want any of this American Idol bullshit in my club. You know Here's you want door. karaoke? You go next door. You do your karaoke <laughs> next door. You don't? Then you got the talent, you come here. And you sing here at Steven's club. <laughs> And then in the bottom left, we have a picture of a woman, uh, and it looks like a selfie of some kind. Yeah, it's just a picture, like a nice picture of a pretty girl, like, hmm, look at selfie. me. Selfie. Yeah. Looks kind of like a... This is pre-duck My so-called era. life. What's her name? The girl from my so-called life. You know her name. You Google it. <laughs> and then the next picture, it's a guy with a gun, he's pointing it at That's the camera. That's how we know. That's how Danger. we know there's going to be drama. You, you got in here and you didn't pay the fee? Get the fuck out of my club. So, I mean, every dream has its price. Well, first of all, Terrence Trent D'Arby is in this. So this is definitely like the son of Arby's, the son of the founder of Arby's, Trent Arby, you know, and he, he put the D in front. He wanted to distance himself from the, the Wait, Arby's family. The club? 
yeah, in like, front of his name. Yeah, in front of his name. So Ter- Terrence Trent de Arby, because he's the son of Terrence Arby, the founder of Arby's. Why do you want to talk about Arby's? Are you getting paid to talk about Arby's? What the fuck? Yeah, we this are. This is an Arby's podcast? They're, they're our sponsor this month. We got to mention them at least three times or else we don't get paid. Look, let's just get it out of the way real fast. Arby's makes great sandwiches. Arby's? You can call it a sandwich? Arby's won't give you diarrhea? All right. Arby's, every slogan <laughs> is a question? Arby's, we make food? Arby's, cheese? <laughs> All right. Seriously, do they have cheese? Like, what is that? I don't know. I don't know either. Clubland. So what, do you, what, what kind of reading are you getting on Clubland? Fade in. Nighttime. Always nighttime? Forever nighttime. A, a land, land of nighttime. Okay, then I see our character. Spiky hair, bleach blonde dude. Jimmy Tuckett. Walking down the street. His fancy leather boots click clack, cookie clack clack on the pavement as he skips. He used to be a tap dancer. <laughs> he was walking, now he's skipping. And right to left, there's clubs. It's a land of clubs. No one getting in. He just lines everywhere. You can't walk on the sidewalk. That's why he's walking in the street. Okay? Because the sidewalk is just, it's for lines. It's not for walking anymore. All the sidewalks have the little velvet ropes along them. And like crosswalks, there's a bouncer at every crosswalk. You can't get through that. So you just got to walk in the street. And why are there lines everywhere? Because this is a land of clubs. And every club is the hottest club. And you want to be seen there. But so many people are trying to go to these clubs that no one can get into them. I think there's, if you don't have a line in front of your club, if you choose the wrong club to go into, you're probably going to die. I think they just explode clubs that don't get enough business. So if you go to an unpopular one, they're just like, they just blow it up? <laughs> yeah, it, it just like spontaneously combusts. I see. This is so you're you're you, the reading you're getting is a bit of a dystopian future kind of. Where yes. They, they do population control through the clubs. Mm-hmm. And if you're not at the hip happening club, you're nobody. And so for population control standards, you know, let's just get rid of a bunch of nobodies. No one cares about them. Paparazzi isn't following them around. Why? No one's gonna know. It's gonna mean a shorter line at these other clubs. Let's just sweep it under the rug. Blow it up and then sweep it under the rug. And then just build a new club. I, I'm getting this reading that one club proprietor wants to challenge this system, and he wants to like, I'm gonna make a club that you don't have to be cool to be at. I'm gonna make a club for the people who can't get into the cool clubs. And this owner, this proprietor. Steven Tyler. Is it Aunt Steven? Aunt Steven. I think there is a dress code at his club, though. You have to wear a scarf or you're not going to get in. You're going to be turned away. What about, like, shawls? Like, would Stevie Nick, or is it shawl? Like a, a shawl? shawl? Yeah, there we go. If Stevie Nick came twirling around Stevie Nicks up to the door, in, like, would, she, would Steven Tyler let her in? I think she'd get a pass because she's Stevie Nicks. Okay. And I think you could fold up a shawl to look like a scarf. Or wear it in a similar fashion, so I think that would work. There is an exception for that. Uh, bandanas, um, no, maybe at the Guns N' Roses club down the street. Guns N' Roses, let the Steven Tyler in. club. It's um, it's silken scarves. scarves. 
and that's actually the name of his club, Scarves. We're following our, our protagonist here, Jimmy. And where does he go? Does he go to Scarves, or does he make the wrong choice? I think initially he tries to go to one of the clubs where he sees the line a little shorter, and that's a mistake right there. Yeah, because he, he really wants a drink, because some stuff just went down and like, give me a shot. And we all know that if you're not in a club at midnight, that like the police come through and they just arrest you and like you get a, a little demerit mark on your card and three demerit marks. And then you actually have to be part of the demolition crew that blows up the clubs that don't get enough attendance. Yeah, then you're on the other side of it. And nobody wants that gig because it's a dangerous it's gig. It's not fun. It's not fun. You're not... You're not at the club, but it's also pretty dangerous. Like, you don't know if you're going to make it out of that building before I think it once you up. get the, the the demerits, they clip off your wristband. Oh, man. Everyone's issued a wristband, you know. In clubland, everyone's got a wristband. <laughs> Mandatory wristband. So I think Steven Tyler tries to, to challenge this, and Jimmy decides, well, first he goes into the wrong bar, and he just barely makes it out of this club before it blows up. He, he ends up, like, stumbling into Steven Tyler's club. I mean, he got Scarves. hit in the forehead with some rubble, so it's like, he's bleeding. He kind of wraps his scarf around it. Yeah. So he can get in. It, and it, I think it's it's not even, it's not intentional either. He just kind of, like, rips off some shirt, some of his shirt like, and oh, ties it around. Tie it around this wound here, and what's this place? Scarves? This Scarves? looks stupid. Let me check this place out. He goes in, and Steven Tyler welcomes him in, and is very inviting. Yeah, yeah. yeah! Hello! Welcome to my club! Yeah! But there's some trouble, you know? Like, Steven Tyler, not many people want to come in. You think he's outside of the club just trying to get people to go into the club? Like, walk over here! <laughs> walk this way! <laughs> into my club! That's what he sings to get people in the club. Welcome to my club! Welcome to my club! Aunt Steven, as everyone calls him in the club, needs Jimmy's help. And he needs Jimmy to go hand out flyers and get people to come to his club. And they need to do it fast because midnight's approaching. And we all know what happens at midnight in club land. If you're not in a club, you're rounded up. And if the club isn't at capacity, you can just kiss your ass goodbye. Your ass is grass. So finally, Jimmy and Steven and these other people on here. They all have to team up. I think it just ends with Steven running out of the club away from a giant disco ball, Indiana Jones style. Steven, it was just a dystopian setup where it was made to look as the new hot, the hot hip new club. And it was really a disco ball trap where everyone gets flattened. You've got the, the one of the characters, you know, one of the bit characters. He's standing there and as the disco ball comes rolling down. And just before he gets run over, he goes, Disco sucks! And it rolls him over. Disco's dead, and so am I. Steven Tyler's real plan here is is he's rounding everyone up and getting trying to get them into his club because he knows he'll never have enough. But if he can convince the people there to grab the explosives and disarm them, that they can take down the government, you know, that's running this club land. And I think... They almost have enough people in the club, and then the power goes out. Like We're not going to keep people here unless we, we have a beat for them to dance to. And then Jimmy's like, hold on, I got this. Jimmy jumps up on stage, and he's like, all right, <laughs> all right, Boots, you ready? 
start tapping. Oh man, and he starts river dancing up there. Soon the whole club. Yo. Soon the whole club is up there river dancing with them, and they don't they don't need power to river dance. And it turns into this huge river dance club, and Stephen Tyler's club. It's like buildings. People are just dancing. Their feet are moving. The ground starts shaking, and the foundation around this building, the other clubs start to crumble. People running out screaming, and everyone starts trying to get to Steven Tyler's club because they know they'll be safe. And we're like two minutes from midnight now. Midnight is the cutoff. If you're on the streets, you're rounded up. And we're actually almost at max capacity for Steven Tyler's club. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're barely letting anybody in at this point. And midnight hits, and there's so many people out in the street because they've created so, this, like, you know, it's reg- registering on the Richter scale. They've got... Like, they're setting off earthquakes. The government's getting concerned because of all this river dancing going on. And it's everyone wants to get in the club. Street. Yeah, everyone's trying to get in this club and they can't. But the river dancing just sends out into the street. The cops show up to start rounding people up. And it just it just turns into an all-out riot. Like Of river dance? People are river dancing on cars. People are, you know, river dancing on police. I just figured the cops like, would just fall victim to the infectious beat. Well, some of them river do. dancing themselves. You know, some of them do. They're not that resilient. They can't withstand the, the beat, you know? And they shoot their guns in the pavement in time to the beat. That That's how police river dance? Yes. They shoot the pavement? Mm-hmm. So finally, they, they've river danced through the night, and in the morning, you know, the dust has settled, and, like, the whole, like three block radius of this place is just rubble but everyone is tired but everyone's happy but steven tyler shows up and he's like what like what was the point and then it kind of like closes like the screen you know how looney tunes the little circle (laughs) (laughs) steven tyler just goes what just happened and it (laughs) and that's that's the end (laughs) <laughs> That's all, folks! <laughs> Steven Tyler at the end goes, That's all, folks! <laughs> and that's the end. The end. Clubland. <laughs> we say it one more time, just. That's all, folks! Yeah! That's all, folks! What does he say again? Yeah! That's all, folks! <laughs> That's my okay. best Stephen Tyler right there. Okay. Let, let's, go, let's go check this out. This Looney Tunes of a movie. We'll be right back! In the hottest club scene in the world. You are? Me? Yeah, I'm nobody. Not even a name in the phone book. They came to L.A. to live the dream, and then they woke up. Give us a break, man. I'll break your bleeding leg. You just got evicted. The people you meet on the way up. Indian McKenzie, I guess the show's over. You want to play set? Me now? It's cause ready to crucify somebody. Yeah, you'll do. All that can matter is I'm ready to reload. I pick the cataract and now it's gonna blow. Am I the only one who's ever lost my head? 
think that's good, homeboys. Are the people you meet on the way down. Hello, package arrived. Your package definitely has arrived. Dude, I'm not dealing, all right? I'm, I'm just delivering. But no one can show you the way out. Stop getting something that's over your head. This has to be a done deal by the close of business hours today. This is Hollywood. You got a problem here. Clubland. And we're back from our journey into Clubland. All right, check it out. We got two things right. Steven Tyler said a line or two, right? He said two lines. He said hi, and he said, We have a problem. Yeah. Which was, he was speaking to the movie. What else did we get right? There was something else. There were clubs. Oh, yeah. There were clubs on land. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, well, actually, club. There was only a singular club that we ever saw. Oh, yeah. there were. It was just Billboard Live. I don't know why they didn't call the movie Billboard Live. Is Billboard Live an actual club? club in Not that LA? I know of. Not that I think it was supposed to be. Uh, like the clubs on Sunset Strip. Yeah, they did. He did say that terrible poetic uh, voiceover at that one point. So we headed to the land of the setting sun or something like that. Like the, the boulevard the boulevard of the sinking sun. Gross. I don't remember that. It was part of the first voiceover. So what, what happened in Clubland? Just give us a brief rundown. So in Clubland, we had the main character who was played by Jimmy Tuckett. I forget his name as I forgot all the names of the characters because they were not very memorable. He had a band that he was trying to uh, make it big with, and they were trying to get uh, a gig at the Billboard Live Club, and it was pay to play. Uh, turns out that this other act that was supposed to be like close to being signed, India, she had some drug-induced breakdown on stage, and so Jimmy Tuckett's band got to go and play a, sh- a set. So that's our A story, and our B story is... Uh... Drug story dealers. is the drummer was dealing drugs and got mixed up in some drug deals. So I think um, the moon was misaligned or some planets were like out of whack and we couldn't quite see what was going on or that earthquake in Nevada. Something happened. Our reading was a little bit off. I'll admit it. Yeah. I mean, I it, it did shift. I think we predicted a better movie than what was what was actually made. So here's a little background on the story. Uh, on uh, this movie here. It was made in uh, 1999. That's when it was released. Directed by Mary Lambert, who uh, in 1989 directed Pet Cemetery. But then uh, most recently, she's directed a movie, uh, Mega Python vs. Gatoroid, which I can only assume is something about Gatorade. Is this your way of saying that Clubland was not a good movie? Uh, this is my way of saying that Clubland probably ruined Mary Lambert's career. And uh, we were a little puzzled by the writing because it was just so poorly written. And uh, I actually found out why this was the case. The writer was Glenn Ballard, who is not a writer at all. He is a musician, composer, and producer. And he's worked with uh, Alanis Morissette on Jagged Little Pill, Dave Matthews Band, No Doubt... And he also co-wrote songs with Steven Tyler. I mean, like I saw pictures from the premiere of this movie and no doubt was there. So that answers a question for me. I was wondering, well, they're not in the film. What are they doing at the premiere? 
Yeah, and I think that's what happened what? here is this guy, uh, Glenn Ballard, like, you know, pulled in all of his his favors and like found all his, you know, oh, hey, hey, Steven Tyler, remember how I wrote all those songs for you? How about uh, you come be in my movie? It was definitely like Steven Tyler was in town for a day and they got him for like a whole hour and a half. Yeah. The scene was a minute long, I think. And he what didn't even interact with the he's character on, that he was pictured on the cover with. He's on the cover of this film. He's listed on the cover as well. Like his picture's there, his name's there. And then you see him for a minute. Not even. I think that was a 30 second scene. One take and then he was gone. He's getting the fuck out of there. But the writing seemed to me like the guy, he read a screenwriting book. He yeah. put some effort into it. He read the screenwriting book because there was like setup and payoff, and but it went horribly wrong. Yeah, I think like you had the setup of there's a the main character's brother is managing the band, and then he approaches this character India who has a career of her own. And he's like, "I'm gonna manage you. I can manage you one day." So you had that at the beginning of the film, and then flash forward to the end of the film. Her manager gets shot in the head, and he happens to be in the same room. Which that I'll brings be up, manager now. That brings up another just... <laughs> point. Um, the whole, the major problem in the, the, the drummer got them into some problems with the drug deal and he owed the drug dealer $30,000. But the drug dealer, for some reason, decided sign your band over to me and my production company and my, my agency and we'll, we'll call it even. So somehow this band that wasn't valuable now is suddenly worth $30,000 in drug money. They make the deal, and then the, the, the guy who made the deal decides, I'm going to go kill him. So he goes and gets drunk, gets a gun that they showed in the beginning, and heads over there and doesn't kill the main guy. The problem just kind of solves itself. He's hiding in the bathroom. Well, when, tell us why he doesn't kill the main guy. He doesn't kill them because <laughs> the problem solves itself. Like, he's hiding in the bath, uh, the bathroom because he breaks into the, the hotel room, hiding in the bathroom, and there's some other drug deal going on, and they all just shoot each other. Problem solved. So if our character would have stayed in the car and drunk himself into, like, nap time, the problem he would have woken the next day and, <laughs> when, like, looked at a newspaper headline like, oh... Oh, cool. No, oh, no problem whatsoever. Do, 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 go about my day. Things are good. I th- I feel like that's just poor writing there. You know, problems were presented. That's why I'm saying they re- they read a book. Yeah, they, they didn't read finish. one book. They didn't finish reading the book is what happened. <laughs> like, oh, we got to have a character. We got to have problems. So they just start throwing problems at this guy. Like, you got kicked out of your apartment. You have to ask your waitress friend if you could stay at her place, and then they stay at her place, and then they burn a contract and a stove. They they burn a contract and a bowl and, and her decorative bowl while she's, she's in the she's shower. In the shower. <laughs> <laughs> they're just burning stuff in her house. Yeah, and it wasn't like a small fire. Yeah, there was you, pretty yeah, large. Yeah, it was a pretty large fire, and she never like came out and like, hey, what are you guys burning? Is my house on fire? Like, what, yeah. is everything cool? No smoke alarm went off. Like pretty dramatic gesture to pull in someone's house that you're just staying at like crashing out on their couch like i'm gonna go ahead and burn some stuff yeah and that that his waitress friend that they were staying at her house she was a weird character too like they asked like at one point she's like oh i'm studying that's why you guys can't stay over and it was oh what are you studying and she's like 
experimental theoretical quantum mechanics. And I thought that was a joke at first. And then later they had a scene where they were talking and she says, I just discovered the writings of Stephen Hawking. Do you know who he is? And it's just like, what? Like, Grown. He's the guy in the wheelchair, I think she even said. So the, the, they're dealing with pay to play. And in this in this movie, it's $1,000 to play at Billboard Live. It was $1,000. Was it a Friday night, they said? I forget. It was some... Monday like, night, Monday probably. Night, Monday night, $1,000 to play. Which is, I'm well, this guy, whoever wrote it, probably familiar with pay to play in Los Angeles, which I, I remember that was a thing, but I remember it as a ticket sales, pre, pre-sale tickets. The band has to sell this many tickets, and then they can play the venue. And then... Through a brief one-minute scene, they negotiated it down to playing every Monday and an open bar somehow. Problem solved. Yeah, the problem solved itself in a minute just by saying, like, give us Monday nights. Okay. And an open bar. Deal. And then they did a negotiation a little later. Let us play Fridays, too. It's like, okay, you got three Fridays. And it was just like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What happened to the pay-to-play thing? Like, now you're just giving days away? And the, the elements were there them to start selling drugs to make some money. But they weren't going to do that because they were goody two-shoes, you know? Drugs weren't a part of the equation, even though they were. You could have them get their hands dirty to make some money and have some conflict. That was like the drugs got them the house, which I think was a weird, like the drug dealer living in this mansion is like, hey, uh, I don't have the money to give you the, the the money to give to your guy. So how about you just tell me where your meth dealer friends are and I'll give you this house to stay in for a month. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not well versed on the ins and outs of drug deals like that, but I don't think that's how that works. You got to write your drug dealer, man, like his language situation, like, <laughs> you know, not pronouncing the nation like words, right? I need some medicinal attention, man. Yeah. I think all the bleach in his hair like went to his brain. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, he was they play they had that drug dealer guy or the the drug drug dealer kid be just completely stupid. And the okay. All right, check it, yo. And then the drugs that they took, it was meth, right? They were dealing they meth. They never showed from Riverside. It. No, they've mentioned meth. Oh, they, they mentioned meth, but and they the never movie. showed the drug that he was and the, she doing. Was, or whatever, and she was sniffing something. She was sniffing something, but then she was acting like it was heroin. She was falling but, all over the stage is what she was doing, like really sloppy and like out of it. And from what I remember of seeing commercials about meth on TV, it's you just clean your bathroom. You're really focused. <laughs> like, she should have, instead of falling on the stage, she should have been scrubbing the stage. Look it. It's the cleanest stage on Sunset Strip. <laughs> I'm it, so proud of myself. It was, it felt like someone, like, they wrote it without knowing what real drugs are, really. They just had placeholder, like, drug in brackets. Yeah. Like, and they never filled drug. it in. <laughs> Insert drugs. A little note, a little sticky note on it. This is research drugs. And they just decided to not um, do that. So I ran out of time. Just, just act like you're on drug. <laughs> act like you're on the drug. Bracket. Drug. <laughs> in bracket. Because they showed a handoff, but they never showed like the drug. It, they always obscured it with the camera frame framing. Uh, they obscured it with like people's hands. And the movie was about the music, man, not about the drugs. Let's talk about the logo for a minute. That was weird. That was a uh, no one else wore this logo. 
but they always had a a close shot the guitar player always had the shirt on with it and they always like three times clown posse logo. yeah it was just a clown with like a star background it was like they took the logo from an uh, like an icp cover band what's your overall overall impression with this movie you should just have more Steven Tyler in your film if you're going to put him on the cover. I felt like he should have d- delivered a key line in the film. Like, yo, man, it's crazy, but you do it for the music. Well, you know? he, he you got to have it in your heart. He did deliver a key line. He said, we have a problem. Yeah. But he should have been like the mentor character. If you're going to have Steven Tyler in your film about a struggling musician, he has to be the guy like, walking down Sunset Strip while the the main character, he's playing on the street corner trying to get some extra change and like, keep it up, man. You should move out here from Riverside. You know, that's what I did. <laughs> Steven Tyler's Let from Riverside. <laughs> and he just, instead of uh, throwing a quarter into the guitar case, he just delicately places a scarf <laughs> and this is magic scarf. You should have thrown in some shit like that. Like, and you have the scarf, you have the power. But Jimmy Tuckett wouldn't have worn a scarf, dude. And then he takes the scarf into Billboard Live, and like, hey, do I still need to pay to play? <laughs> like, <gasps> no, right this way. <laughs> Bam. We just finished your movie. For more incredibly accurate predictions, follow us. On the Twitter, Movie Psychics. We're at Movie Psychics on Twitter. And uh, check out MoviePsychics.com. And, uh, Movie Psychics out. <laughs>